Well, for those of you that have finally joined us from up north, and it's good to start seeing our snowbirds returning because we love them. Last week we started a series on the Holy Spirit, today being the second in the series, and we will be in the 16th chapter of John. As you turn to that passage, let me just remind you of two ministry mission opportunities that are before you. The Operation Christmas Child shoebox from Samaritan's Purse is out in the hallway. You'll see it. The boxes are free. You have to fill them. It's $9 per box to defray the shipping costs from Samaritan's Purse. Some of you will like to take the boxes and fill them up with different items. There's a list there as to what you should put in them. But for there's others that probably won't fill a box, but you're willing to pay the shipping cost for somebody else to fill a box. So it's $9 a box. If you want to do that, make it out to Samaritan's Purse. Secondly, you'll notice in your bulletin, we're really, we're really emphasizing our Mission Smiles Dental Clinic that's going to be here Saturday, November 2nd from 7.30 till 3. Uh, if you... You see what the criteria is for the free dental help. Uh, it's on the back of that particular insert. If you know of somebody or perhaps you yourself would like to receive dental care here on that date, please let us know. Call the church office for an appointment for uh, a reservation, and we'll take from there. All righty. John 16, verses 5 through 15. Jesus said, Now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me, Where are you going? Because I have said these things. You are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regards to sin and righteousness and judgment in regard to sin, because men do not believe in me, in regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer, and in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you, what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from him from what is mine and make it known to you. Let's pray. Our most gracious Father, we come before you today. I just pray that our hearts are open to your truth. Our minds are open to your revelation to us of yourself, Lord God, instill in us all that you want us to hear. May our soul be receptive to your seed, to your word, Lord God. So sow it to us and allow us to become the individuals that you want us to be. Father, thank you for the decisions that are being made even now. Thank you for those that will become public. And we want to be very, very careful to give you the praise and the glory for it all. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as we said last week, 
Here was Jesus addressing the disciples after the Last Supper. This was on a Thursday evening. He was trying to help the disciples to understand that he was in the process of leaving planet Earth. He was going to leave them and their three-plus years that they had been with him. He would no longer be with them to instruct them, to help them know what each situation, circumstance would bear for them. He was no longer going to be physically there with them in the days yet ahead. Trying to help them understand, they didn't quite get it. But we could understand in retrospect why uh, this thing about the resurrection hadn't happened before. And so Jesus was about to be arrested, crucified, brutally beaten, placed in a tomb, and then the resurrection would come and it would all make a lot more sense to them. But right now, not so much. Jesus told the disciples that he would be leaving this world but would not leave them as orphans. He said, nevertheless, it is necessary or expedient for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the comforter, the paraclete, the counselor, the one, the Holy Spirit, would not come to you. But if I go away, he said, I will send him to you. He shall be with you. He shall be in you. So the Holy Spirit then would not have come into us as long as Jesus was physically on planet earth. They had a difficult time. Peter wanted to know where Jesus was going. We see this in John 13. He said, I want to follow. Jesus says, you cannot come. You don't know where I'm going. Peter said, well, we will go. I'll even give my life to follow you. Well, Jesus was limited by time and space as we are. He was fully God, but he was also fully man. So he couldn't be, while he was on planet Earth, everywhere at every time. But the conditions of his departure from planet Earth was that he would send Holy Spirit into the lives of the believers. And that happened at Pentecost in Acts 2. And so when the Holy Spirit came down... He not only worked with the disciples, but was in them as Jesus told them he would be. Wow. Now, with Jesus in heaven with the Father, the Holy Spirit was here. Now the Holy Spirit resides not only with us, but in us. For all believers, the Holy Spirit is in us. And he's in us to help us to understand the Father's will to give us guidance, to give us all these wonderful things that he provides for us. The Holy Spirit could be everywhere the followers of Jesus are because he is in us. John 14, 17 says that. He will be not only with us, but will be in us. So now we see there are four things that I want to leave with you this morning. The work, the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Number one is the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. Verses 8 and 9, he says, when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin. In verse 9, he continues on, and in regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. This word convict comes from the, the legal courts. It's a really difficult Greek term, actually, 
to interpret, but it's a word that is in the legal term to bring to light, to expose, to refute, to convict, to convince. It is as though the Holy Spirit is behaving or acting as a prosecuting attorney to the world. Part of his his work is to convict the world of sin. What kind of sin? Just sin in general. No, it's the Holy Spirit acts as a prosecuting attorney because sin is not believing in Jesus. Verse 9 says, in regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. So that sin of disbelief is what the Holy Spirit is here to convict us of. The religious leaders thought they were being obedient to God by crucifying Jesus. Look up at the first few verses of chapter 16. They will put you out of the synagogue in verse 2. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. They think they're doing a service to God. Sin is not believing in Jesus. It is this unbelief that convicts the sinner. Not sin. Let me take you back to John 3, verses 18 through 21. Jesus was there with Nicodemus. And he was saying to Nicodemus, Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been through God. So the Holy Spirit, first thing that he does is to convict the world of sin, the sin of unbelief in Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah, the only begotten Son of God. Secondly, the Bible says that he convinces of righteousness, not unrighteousness, but of righteousness. Verse 8 and 9 Continues by saying, when he comes, he'll convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness. And and then because men do not believe me, there it is, righteousness. Jesus is righteousness, the perfect Lamb of God. The world would not receive the Son of God. John 1.10 said, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Interestingly enough, at the crucifixion, after the, the Jesus died, the centurion and others around him were recorded as saying in Matthew 27, 54, surely he was the Son of God. So the, the Holy Spirit convicts of righteousness. Jesus is righteous. He's the Lamb of God when he came to be baptized by John the Baptist in the River Jordan. John looked at him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Thirdly, he condemns to judgment, verse 8 through 11. He continues by saying, When he comes, he'll convict the world of guilt in regard to sin, righteousness, 
and judgment in regard to sin because men do not believe me, in regard to righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And then in verse 11, in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. At, on the cross, evil and the evil one, Satan, stand condemned. Jesus said in John 12, 31, now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. So we see this judgment is given to judge Satan and all of his minions, the prince of this world. When Jesus came into this world, the world was in, in opposition to Jesus. And this opposition to Jesus is what Jesus came into this world to redeem. And so the Holy Spirit is given to us to understand that this judgment has been given by Jesus while on the cross all the evil and the evil one has been judged and will ultimately be at the end of time. So, and then finally, the Holy Spirit is here to confirm the truth. Look at verses 12 through 15. Jesus says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. I mean, hasn't there been enough forthcoming of truth there for the disciples? They're eating the Last Supper. He's already said, someone is going to condemn me. They will betray me. I will die. And it's just difficult already. There's been so much that they're having to deal with. But Jesus continues by saying, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. We've talked about this, where Jesus has said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Truth in this day and age, and in any day and age, is a rare commodity in some circles. We pick up the newspaper, we hear all about what some people have said is truth. We see... on. Uh, through the media, the news, we hear things. We try to find things out in our, on our own, and we're having a difficult time separating fact from fiction, truth from lies. What is truth? How do we know truth in this world? We know truth only by knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Truth is revealed through Him, through the Word of God, and to us. The Holy Spirit helps us know the truth as we begin to read the Word of God, to fellowship with other, other believers, to worship God in spirit and in truth. That is a discovery. Well, truth is not really man's discovery at all as it turns out. It's actually God's gift. Because God gave us truth in the form of Jesus Christ. He spoke the truth. He lived the truth. He demonstrated the truth. He is the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no one comes to the Father but through me. The Holy Spirit will never bring a word to contradict the Father and Son. All truth is God's truth. You know, it's kind of an interesting thing. Sometimes I hear people, either in the United States or somewhere overseas, have a new revelation from God. You know, 
I've got a new revelation. I've got a special dispensation that God has given me, they will say. I, I have a, a new book that God has revealed to me, and yet it contradicts the Word of God. The, sp the Spirit of truth will never contradict the Father or the Son. They are all one in three and three in one. What Jesus says, what He hears of me, He will speak. Jesus said in John 17, everything you, you told me, Father, I said, I did. It is truth. You cannot know truth apart from knowing Jesus Christ. It can't happen. And so the Holy Spirit is there to speak the truth. When He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. Now, sometimes I have people come to me and say, you know, I've read this in the Scripture, but I really feel the Lord is calling me to do something other than that. You feel the Spirit of God calling you to do that? It may be a spirit, but it's not God's. And so, He will never contradict the Word of God. There is no new revelation that's going to be superior to the revelation of God to mankind through His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. The Word of God became incarnate. The Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His, His glory as of the only begotten Son of God, full of grace, full of truth, full of wisdom. Well, John 15, 26 through 27, says, When the Counselor comes, that's the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you must also testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. So Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit, part of what he does is to indwell the believer and reveal to us the truth just for our own personal growth. For our own enlightenment? No. What does he say in 15? He says, He will testify about me, and you must also testify. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, the psalmist said. So we testify to the truth. We testify about Jesus. We tell others what Jesus Christ has done in our lives. We tell others what Jesus Christ has meant to us, how he has revealed himself to us, how he has sustained us, how he has empowered us, how he has given us provision to walk this life we call discipleship. And so he is truth, but he's given us truth to testify to that truth. Now I'm going to ask you, if you had one person to bring in your heart, that one, that's, that, that one person, that you would want to see come to know Jesus Christ who does not already know them, who would that be? Think about it. Somewhere down the line, you need to write it down. And you need to pray for that individual. And you pray that the spirit of truth somewhere down the line will give you that teachable moment with that particular individual that you can testify about what Jesus Christ has done in your life. Now here's the thing about testimonies. People can argue with you about Scripture, and they will. 
ad nauseum. But they cannot argue with you about your testimony. They cannot argue with you about how you came to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, what Jesus has done to sustain you in this pilgrimage we call life. They can't argue with you about that. And so you can give somebody a three-minute testimony and simply say, let me tell you what Jesus has done in my life. This is, this is how he has impacted me. And you begin to testify about the truth. The Holy Spirit, by the way, will allow you to do that. Moses said, I can't go to before Pharaoh. Take Aaron. He's a much better speaker. He, boy, you're talking about a testimony. Aaron can lay it out there, boy. He is, he's so smooth as butter when he talks. But I'm slow of speech, Moses said to God. I, I just, I'm not the spokesman you need. I'm not the one to go before Pharaoh. Send Aaron. And God, in, and I'm going to paraphrase it, in God's own inimitable way, said, hey, Moses, did I make your mouth? Did I create you? Yeah. Did I create your mouth? Well, yeah. Could I then possibly create the words that might come out of your mouth? Well, uh, yeah. Go to Pharaoh. Go to Pharaoh. And some of us are like that. God says, you know that one person right now that's in your heart and mind that you're praying about? It may be a relative, it may be a friend, it may be your next door neighbor, but you're praying about that one person. You know they don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And you really want to see them as a part of God's forever family. And you're praying about it. God says, go to them. Well, I can't go to them. I'll call the pastor. He'll go to them. No, I won't. Not without you. So when you call me, just know that I'll take you with me. And I'll be glad to go with them with you. But to go to them and hear your personal testimony is vital. Because you have an end with that individual that other people don't have, perhaps. I certainly don't have them. I may not know them, but you know them. And you know that God is leading you toward that person to give your testimony. Testify. One of the things that God has given us the spirit of truth for as believers in Jesus Christ is to tell others about Jesus. The spirit of truth comes. He says when he comes, I will send him to you from the Father. The spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Just open your mouth. It'll come out. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. How many times on mission trips and other places, I have had people tell me I've never given my testimony. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. What if I mess it up? Allow the spirit of truth to speak through you. Open your mouth. And then I've heard them say afterwards, I have no idea where that came from. I said, yeah, you do. You do. That's the spirit of truth testifying of himself, of Jesus, of the Father, the three in one, the one in three. He's there to testify. So the Holy Spirit is given to us 
that no matter where we are, where we go, what we're doing, any time of day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, He's there with us. He dwells not only with us, but is in the life of every believer. So, no matter where you are, Emmanuel, God with us, through the Holy Spirit that is in your heart, in your life. And He will be there until you depart planet Earth. Then you'll see Him for all eternity. He's there to convict the world of sin, to convince of righteousness, to condemn to judgment the evil one and all of his evil ploys, and to confirm the truth to you and to me that we might testify to the glory of God the Father. Well, you're here this morning and maybe you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This is your opportunity to do just that. Maybe you've trusted Christ, but you've never followed Him in baptism by immersion or, or church membership. You're looking forward to having a church that God has given you, a family. I don't know of any other place that has a better church family than right here at Trinity. Amen. And then finally, for all of us, it's a time of rededication, of recommitment, of finding that one person and re recognizing the Lord wants us to testify to the truth. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time you've given us, for this blessing that's ours in Jesus. Be with us today. May we honor you above all things. May you be glorified, Lord, and thank you for what you're accomplishing here. Thank you for these decisions. We lift each and every one to you for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray.